This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. This is a Joy 94.9 podcast for the Midsummer Show. Proudly presented by Midsummer Festival 2012. Midsummer.org.au. Listen to Joy wherever you are in the world with the new Joy app on your iPhone. Celebrating queer culture. The Midsummer Show on Joy 94.9. Presented by Midsummer Festival 2012. Midsummer.org.au. Joy 94.9. It's 10 minutes past 12 on your Monday afternoon. Good afternoon. My name is Chris Jameson. I'm here with you for the next hour. I'm your host today of The Midsummer Show. It's our special uh, uh, seasonal program of showcasing everything to do with our Midsummer uh Midsummer events uh, right across uh, from the 15th of January right through till the uh, 5th of February. And I am, of course, joined by Adam Lowe, the CEO of uh, Midsummer. Good afternoon, Adam. How are you, Chris? I'm, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. New to this particular seat. Uh, well, it's only in this hour. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to... We'll have to, you'll have to treat me gently for the show. I'll, I'll do my best. All right. Uh, a big, big thank you, of course, to Taryn for the morning show and to Tim Lennox for bringing us right up to date with uh, today's news. Coming up in the Midsummer Show today, we have a couple of special guests coming in as well. We've got uh, Rachel Simpson coming in a little bit later from the Queer City Visual Arts Program. Yeah, I'll talk about the work of Rachel. She's probably... I don't think she's going to join us today. In fact, she was she's scheduled to, but I want to talk a little bit about her work and um, her contribution. Uh, we've also uh, got, uh, what have we got? Catherine Alcorn coming up very, very shortly. Yes, that's from... right. The Divine Miss Bet. And uh, Ash Flanders coming up a little later in the program. Yeah, I saw well. um, Negative Energy Inc. last night. So um, I'm looking forward to talking to Ash because I didn't get the chance to see him after the show last night and I had a great time. Now, Adam, we're uh, not, what, day nine of the festival? Oh, God, I don't know. <laughs> it's just, I don't know what day it is. I just. So how was the weekend, um, I guess, is the key question. Well, uh, the, the weekend just gone. We've had a fantastic first week of festival um and uh, I, I realized when i woke up on sunday morning and got dressed i was wearing the same shirt that i had on midsummer carnival day my washing cycle had sort of fallen into a week um <laughs> by pure luck it was like oh my god i'm gonna look the same everywhere i go <laughs> so everyone's gonna say era. Is, is adam be, adam been wearing it's, that uh, that yeah, shirt for eight days <laughs> yes and i might have might as well have been because i've been out every night to see something and i've usually had two or three things to see between the visual arts galleries to get to and the theater and the dance performances to see um as i say yesterday i saw um ash flanders and negative energy inc and the year of magical wanking at theater works and i had a great chat with daniel clark the artistic director creative producer down there um i think theater works is um really a great venue and it's nice to see them participating in the festival that we started getting getting theater works involved two or three years ago with gentlemen preferred blokes and um now that daniel clark a former artistic director at feast festival in adelaide is there it's um uh, a great opportunity for us to capitalize on that space and get some performances in further um the it's uh, overall it's a really fantastic success i think you know the tickets uh are doing you know really good business um for ticket sales just you know uh, although I say that in consideration of the number of events. There's over 160 events in this festival, so um, there's there's a lot to choose from, and I know that uh, the 
people are definitely choosing to see as much as they can. So uh, it, the interesting thing is, of course, that you're out there doing the shows during the festival. Everyone would assume you've, you've seen previews well before. No, no, no. Remember, it's an open access festival. This right. is These people, uh, all of these 160-odd events, bar a very small number, are produced by, created by, funded by, written by, performed by in many cases volunteers and I think those volunteers are the forgotten volunteers sometimes and I like to try to remind everybody that some of those people that they're seeing out there aren't getting paid to do what they do even though they might normally they're doing something on a, on a, on a low budget for an up, an emerging producer or an emerging director or an emerging writer or, or they're a visual artist who's um, emerging and funding themselves through something um, and that's and, and they've in fact paid money to Midsummer to be a part of the festival to be a registered event and this year we've got the premier events program where we've taken that slightly different tack of putting those submissions through some kind of critique um, to try to stamp a little bit of a midsummer artistic standard for want of a better word a midsummer artistic taste a midsummer artistic recommendation on on the festival to to ensure that the diversity that we want to um, support is is there and so on and so forth but um, every one of these events is not is, is not necessarily seen before it gets into the festival so sometimes I'm making it up when I sit here but now <laughs> this at this point in the in the week um, I've seen tons of things and uh, I've got lots of things that I can talk about and I know firsthand what there is out there. Fantastic. So you'll be catching up in sleep sometime in February. Yeah, well, no, it'll probably be April. <laughs> April and October turned out to be the, the two months of the year that are, that are any good for me to take time off. Because you remember, the minute the festival finishes, we have to write all our acquittal reports to right. the government funding. Yes. And all those reports have to be submitted within eight weeks of the close of the festival. And we have to justify how we spent the public money that we've received, which is well in excess of $100,000 this year, I think, we'll have received $80,000 from the City of Melbourne, $20,000 from Arts Victoria, uh, $16,000 from Tourism Victoria, probably another $18,000 from the City of Yarra, all of which has gone into the creation of mainly Carnival from the City of Melbourne side of things, but the Visual Arts uh, Queer City program through um, Mailbox 141, City Library and Thousand uh, Pound Bend, then the 69 Smith Street Yarra Arts program, and that's some of the stuff that Rachel Simpson Rat, as we love to call her, um, has contributed to the festival that I want to talk about a bit later. Fantastic. Um, so lots and lots of work to do with Midsummer all year round, but this is the pinnacle. Yeah, and now's the time to say too, if you're listening and you've got a spare five bucks to donate it, remember that Midsummer is a charitable um, entity we are registered and we can give you a tax deduction for your donation and you can do that at midsummer.org.au and all of those funds that we receive go into a special public fund that um, is designed to um, support emerging artists and produce great arts and culture and and it's been a bit low over the last few years and we've slowly started to rebuild it and now's the time for you to donate to Midsummer. Fantastic. Coming up, we're going to be speaking to uh, Catherine Alcorn, who's doing a show called Divine Miss Bet. That's all that and lots, lots more right here on Joy 94.9. This is The Midsummer Show. The Midsummer Show podcast. Heard live on Joy 94.9 and presented by Midsummer Festival 2012. Celebrating queer culture. Adam Lowe, the CEO of Midsummer, is with us. And Adam, we have a very, very special guest in the studio with us now too. That's right, we do. And that's not Madonna. No. (laughs) We had her last week. I think. Um, ladies and gentlemen, 
Catherine Alcorn, the divine Catherine Alcorn. Hello, the divine boys. Lisbeth, how are you? I'm very well. How are you? I'm thrilled to be here. Thanks for having me. Great. Welcome uh, to the studio. Thank you. It's so nice to be here. I've chatted to you guys before, but that was from from Sydney. So it's nice to come in and see where all the magic happens. Yeah. Um, you performed at Carnival. Yes. Um, you yes. did uh, In the Mood and a song that I'm not really sure I know. I can't believe you don't Delta know it. Delta Dawn. Oh. I, I, I know that one. I knew, oh. I knew, the, I knew as much that it was uh, a 60s song, but yes. I actually couldn't remember the artist and you reminded me. Dusty. Yes, right, Dusty. Well, which, um, which extends its community connection. Doesn't it, though? Somewhat. I think I have Isn't to take a gay stripe off my sleeve. <laughs> D-stripe, please. That, How dare you? Um, so the Divine Miss Bet yes. um, at the Butterfly Club. Um, you've played uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday this weekend just gone? Or Thursday, Thursday, Friday, Friday Saturday, Friday, Sunday. So we've done four out of eight shows and so far. And you're about to do another four this coming weekend. That's correct, And yes. tickets are selling fast and people should get in quick. They are, they are. We've been full every night so far, which has just been incredible. Thank you, Melbourne, and thank you, Midsummer, for making that happen for us. It has been a really, really special run so far. And the Butterfly Club is just an extraordinary little venue and and I play in a much larger venue up in Sydney um, but there's something so special about that room I mean the audience yep. are basically on my lap and I'm definitely on theirs yeah and there's, I think in, the, in, in this day and age too they've been around now so long that they are a bit of a Melbourne institution and they really audience, are yeah our audience knows what they expect yeah, well, um, maybe rather not than so what much to expect show, yeah, when they but, come, yeah. not what to expect, but what they expect, and so they come in, and, and I think the Butterfly Club and Simone and the team down there do a fantastic job of living up to um, what our audiences expect, and um, I think it's fantastic that they do so during Midsummer as well. Um, but tell us about the Divine Miss Bet. It's uh, how did how did it come about? It was. Um it was born in 2009. I, I went to university in Wagga Wagga and when I was there, I was uh, taken under the wing of local producer and director team, Don Hillam, who's actually the father of Carla, Carla who's, who's in my in show. show yes. yes, fantastic. And, um, and I was studying acting there at CSU and um, I was... Um, I was, I guess, discovered by Don one evening and he, he really sort of thrust me onto the stage and, and uh, supported um, what was the beginning of my career. And through him, I met a very instrumental man in my life, Peter Cox, who is a local um, a director, producer, writer and teacher, now retired teacher. And um, and after I finished that, I, w- I was singing and performing professionally with them outside of uni in, in a lot of shows that they were doing there, a lot of uh, pantomime, cabaret, concerts etc there and then I went off overseas and moved back to Sydney in 2007 and I um, I was at a, a venue in Sli- in Sydney called Slide that I'd never been to before. I was there to see a show uh, of my friends called The Fabulous Chandeliers that Peter Cox had also uh-huh. written um, and I walked into this venue and I was just blown away and the show was amazing and Cox had come up from Wagga to, to support the girls and I raced over to him at the end of the show and I said this is what I want. I really want, I, I want to do this. And he said, okay, well, you know, what's, what sort of show do you want to do? And instantly, as if I had no control over it, I just said, Bette Midler. <laughs> it just, there it was. It just <laughs> came out. <laughs> it must have been, you, were you influenced by the lights on the floor or something? Oh, well, so well slide, I was so. just taken over by the whole, you know, pizzazz of the, of the whole thing. And um, three weeks later, I had a script from, from Coxie, who is a, who is a huge fan. He actually saw her, uh, he and his wife, Wendy, came down and saw Bet 
in Melbourne in the seventies when okay. she came over. So um, he he knows his he knows his bet well, I've stuff. I've got one or two Bet Midler DVDs and CDs on my shelf at home, but oh, uh, the slides by no means a continental bathhouse. Uh, no, it's <laughs> not. And, sure I t- and I tell you, but the Butterfly Club is you know it's really sort of on that on that sort of yep. on that intimate scale let me finish <laughs> let me finish on that intimate scale um and it just it just gives you well it gives me and i'm sure many other performers the right to just completely you know just let loose and and it's really got that 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 vibe and inspiration about the in the room uh, we're going to speak to uh, Catherine some more very, very shortly here on the Midsummer Show on Joy 94.9. We may even hear a little bit of a live uh, recording that uh, Catherine did from the show a little bit earlier as well. This is the Midsummer Show on Joy 94.9. And if you miss anything with any of our shows, don't forget you can always get the podcasts at joy.org.au. Listen to Joy wherever you are in the world with the new Joy app on your iPhone. Chris James and your host and Adam Lowe, the CEO with you this afternoon and our very special guest in the studio right now, Catherine Alcorn from The Divine Miss Bet. certainly is a morning for all the divas, Madonna, Kylie and Catherine. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, speaking of divas and The Divine Miss Bet Midler, I'm very curious to know what it was like to work with Steve Ostro, who indeed... Um, Discovered Bit Midler basically, yes, didn't he? In the yeah, continental right. bathhouse. I'm, I still work with him. He is my he's my vocal coach up in Sydney. Turns out that um, before I opened the show in 2009, I uh, was working with a cellist from the Brandenburg Orchestra, and I was telling him about the show, and he said, "Well." The man who discovered her lives right around the corner from you in Sydney. What a freak. I uh, know. <laughs> what, the it, cellist? No, or the, the, story? The, the luck. <laughs> yeah, oh, I know. Um, well, it is, it's incredible. But, you know, these, if, if you're on the right track, these, these things come along for you. So I, I um, got in contact with Steve and we began working together. And he moved out to Sydney after, um, after the days of the baths to sing with the Australian Opera Company for 10 years. So he trains me classically and... Um, and I get a good little insight into a so couple of the stories. You, you, you must have been able to share some Bette Midler stories to A, inform your um, performance perhaps, but B, just as a tidbit. Yeah, and, and you know, as, as research and having that, having that, having those stories in the back of my mind when I'm performing because it really gives you a feel for, for the personality, which is, you know, what this show is. is it's a, it's a, it's a channeling more so than an impersonation. So it's, and is, um, is there a particular story that stands out as being um, sort of most applicable to how the show has developed? Yeah. Um, Steve once told me that uh, she always worked very very hard you know she would rehearse five days a week with the band before her her Friday and Saturday night show and uh, took was very avid in singing and dancing lessons but she'd come in she'd rehearse five days exactly the same every day then she'd know what the band was going to do then she'd come in on a Friday night and she'd do everything completely differently (laughs) (laughs) and uh, so let me guess you've taken that uh, oh, certainly. Every heart. show, every show is a different show, and the, the Melbourne audiences have really helped it be that way as well. They're they're so interactive, and and especially at the Butterfly Club, they can't help but be because they're right right yeah. up there in your face. Well, I guess uh, uh, that leads leads me to thinking about um, the skills and the talents of the people behind you to follow you if you are going to come in after rehearsed X and Y and Z, um, and 
you're going to perform D, E, and F. <laughs> They've got to be pretty talented people. They are. They they know me. You know they they know what um what I can get up to. So I'm I'm extremely fortunate to have Carla Hillam and Michelle Brazier, who are actually both Wagga girls as well, who now live in Melbourne. So that was a coincidence. And um, we've had Mr. Adrian Portell um with us for the last four shows. Um, who's just come off um uh, playing keys for Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins, that's right. Yep. And looking forward to the next four nights with Mr. Trevor Jones, who's going. Going to be joining oh, yes. us on stage, so that's going to be fun. He's just True. come back from uh, from New York, and and we'll be we'll be getting together for a rehearsal tomorrow at his house. So warm up those fingers, f- uh, fingers, Trevor. I'm coming over. <laughs> well, I know a lot of those people, and I know Trevor Jones and Sticky Situations is about to appear at the Butterfly Club too. I think next week. Yes, and he's um, also coming up to Sydney. Trevor with us. and I work together with the Department of Education on the State School Spectacular each oh, year. Fantastic, yeah. With Chong Lim and Carla Hillam, I met working with Stephen Schwartz on the Festival of Broadway with Will Conyers um, of Broadway at Bedtime, a past joy program. Um, what a fabulous cast. Adrian Portell, uh, in fact, outside of his music theatre work, uh, he was at one stage with the Victorian State School Spectacular as well. So you've got a fantastic team of people behind you. And I'm I know extremely the show's lucky. Fantastic. Um, I think we're lucky enough to have a little bit of a live recording a of taste. you. Just, uh, just as you say farewell and go off and... Probably back to that rehearsal room where you <laughs> slog them to death. Them to death. <laughs> so, what's the song called? The song is called Doctor Long John, which is uh, from what part of Bets? It's from it's from uh, just like the show from the from the seventies era. Right. Okay. All right. Well, let's take a listen to that and thank Catherine Alcorn and uh, wish you all the best with the show. For thank the next you, Midsummer, and, and uh, thank you, Joy. No problems. Thanks. You're on Joy ninety four point nine. This is the Midsummer Show. Here's a bit of Catherine now.
Joy, Joy, Joy 94.9. Listen to Joy wherever you are in the world with the new Joy app on your iPhone. The Midsummer Show, live on Joy 94.9 and via podcast for summer 2011 slash 2012. See au for more details. We were just listening to uh, Catherine Elkhorn there from The Divine Miss Bet, show on at the Butterfly Club, four yeah. more nights. That's right, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday this week, midsummer.org.au. Um, I think I'm going to be lucky enough to get there on Sunday. I've had an incredibly busy schedule. Um, out every night of the week doing two or three things. Last night I managed to get two uh, shows in. Um, the Year of Magical Wanking was a fantastic um, piece by, I think it's Neil Watkins from uh, Ireland. Um, won some fantastic awards at the Dublin Gay Theatre Festival and it's a, a great piece to have seen at TheatreWorks and I'm very grateful for Daniel Clark um, and his eye um, for work um, and bringing it to Midsummer and bringing Theatre Works into the festival as strongly as he has this year. The other thing that I was um, fortunate enough to see there was uh, Negative Energy Inc. with the very man who's in the studio with us right now, Ash Flanders. Good afternoon, Ash. Good afternoon. Um, it was a great fun show <laughs> last night. I, um, My mother was I'm there, which sure, always is, makes it she interesting. Was, um, and I'm not... You know, I'm not sure whether I was supposed to come away from it having a smile on my face or not, <laughs> given the negative energy of it. But uh, I just say um, what's in my heart. <laughs> yeah, well, one of the, I mean, I was going to segue with the, the idea of luck or the nature of luck. And the show is about, um, mm-hmm. well, it's about a number of things, really, but it's ultimately about you um, growing up and trying to get a career in the arts as a performer and making yeah. your own, really, which yeah. so many of us have to do. Yeah, especially um, as and talk about being an out performer as well and how that's uh, in sort of inhibited my career or it's helped my career and certainly in some ways. And, you know, the fact that having to make your own work is great, but it certainly comes out of not being able to get work. You know, it's like making the best of a bad situation. Yeah, which is um, kind of negative and kind of positive. And you've been doing it now for how long? Um, uh, performing and uh, what, ten years. Yeah, yeah. Ten, ten years. years. That which is, you know, as I was saying to you off air earlier, mm. you know, it takes ten years to be an overnight success, and perhaps we're on the verge of seeing that overnight <laughs> Any day success now. at the moment. Um, <laughs> now, you did. Um, you began at Hairs and Hyenas, right? Yeah, I did this show at Hairs and Hyenas last year. Uh, it went really great. It was just an experiment. I'd been wanting. I'd been telling myself I had to do a solo show that I wrote for the last seven years, and I just, you know, had a lot of crisis of confidence and wasn't sure that what I did would be any good or any fun. And then I saw Taylor Mac come out. And he was brought out by Daniel Clark at Theatre Works yep. again. And that just made me realise that shows can be loose and fun and sort of a party and live and raw. And that's actually what excites me as a performer. And a chance to do all the things that I like to do, which is tell anecdotal stories in a funny way, give my opinions, have a rant, uh, talk about uh, the arts and play characters and sing songs and have a laugh. Yeah, Put well, on wigs I, and have a party. One of the things that I like to see is self-deprecation. Well, um, here I am. <laughs> and uh, I, think, I think there was a time there, uh, um, I don't know, I think a lot to do with the 9-11 experiences of mm-hmm. two, whenever that was and all those things. We got so tight that, um, and politically correct that self-deprecation even became impossible. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's, we've seen a revitalization or a re-rejuvenation of the ability to be self-deprecating. And yeah. it's something that I love to do around the office. Yeah. And it's great to, get, to, to see that 
in um, a show as as well. And it's just the performers I've always been drawn to as well, like people like Sandra Bernhardt or the writings of you know David Sedaris or something. Like that. They do have sort of a, a snarky, negative kind of attitude, and it's it's cynical and it's funny and it's satirical and subversive, and that's sort of what I'm attempting. I'm not saying I'm as good as any of those people, but that's what I'm naturally drawn to. That's my aesthetic. And by continuing to do it, you may well become as good as those. Well, people. let's hope so. Yeah, and you know, <laughs> an overnight success. Finally. Um, the characters, mm-hmm. um, how are you going about, in Negative Energy Inc. at the moment? It's really mm-hmm. just you. And, m- yeah, me. Um, I do someone called the Cancer Woman for a brief period, and then I do the Horse Woman at the end, which is the absolute crowd favourite, definitely. But it inspires me to think about what's, what's going to come next from mm. Negative Energy or from Ash Flanders. And, um, yeah. How, and what are, are you going to is, – is this a career move now? Can you um, – I think the, the thing is – yeah. Really quite successful. You've done one other show as well mm. of your own. I yeah, think. I, I've done many. I have a theatre company um, with my friend Declan and we do, have done tons of shows and been to Edinburgh and stuff. And as a solo performer, I did I Love You Bro, which was a serious monologue written by um, Adam Cass at the Malthouse. And that went to the Dublin Gay Theatre Festival. And then, you know, I've done a lot of performing and solo. I would like to do more of this kind of work, yes. But I don't want to just do this. I still want to be an actor. I'd love to be taken seriously as an actor. I'd love to write more of my crazy uh, wild stuff with Sisters Grimm my company I'd love to write my satirical subversive stuff as myself I don't know I'm kind of still trying to have it all because you just you need a gig in this country man you just gotta you can't just do one thing I had to learn how to sing and dance and prance and mince and write and act and buy wigs and you just got to learn how to do everything and be negative and be negative because ain't no one going to help Ash Flanders he had to do it on his own it's a yeah. long road, Ash Flanders. Um, well, Edinburgh. Talk about Edinburgh. What's I loved like it. Be, Edinburgh, Edinburgh was the time of my life. I was just in the city that was older than my whole country and, and just lost in this, you know, wonderland of castles and drawbridges and cobblestones. And it was wonderful. And there were artists everywhere who just for a while there I felt like what I did kind of did make sense and was part of a cultural happening or some sort of scene that is connected and, you know, you were linking a chain and yeah, that was an amazing – Edinburgh yeah. changed my life. And, uh, and, and you talk more about that in the mm-hmm. show, which, mm-hmm. is, uh, which is a fantastic <laughs> seat, part of yeah. the show. Yeah, and then someone, I meet someone at a beach in Torquay who inspires me, <laughs> and uh, it's very interesting. Yes, but don't give too much I away. can't. I know it's a problem with this show. I can't give away any of the good yeah. stuff. Yeah, well, you talk about a sense of belonging, and mm-hmm. I think that's something that Midsummer does for our queer community here. Yeah. Um, and I'm very grateful for you to you for bringing – the work into the festival. Well, I'm thrilled. Um, we might uh, take a break and yep. come back and talk some more. Um, with Ash. Uh, yeah, yeah, we'll talk a little t- bit with Ash uh, as we go along. Uh, you are on the Midsummer Show on Joy 94.9. This is the Midsummer Show, showcasing everything about the Midsummer Festival for 2012. In the studio with me is Adam Lowe, the CEO of Midsummer, and our special guest at the moment is Ash Flanders from a show called Men at Work. Yeah. Negative Energy Inc. indeed as part of the Men at Work series which is um, thanks to the wonderful team uh, led by Daniel Clark at Theatre Works. Um, yeah, I, I saw the show last night and we, as we were talking about all the various bits and pieces of it mm-hmm. there that um, we were in the break before the track. Um, but it is really very much a live, fun, party kind of show and uh, despite the, the idea of negative energy, it's a it, it, forgive me, Ash, if, mm-hmm. if it's a piss piss take on negative energy but um the what struck me about it was um i came away from it 
a little bit uncertain as to whether I was watching stand-up comedy or whether yep. I was watching cabaret in the butterfly club sense of the cabaret and that musical theatre performer gone wrong or, you know, finding their own way. It's not gone wrong even. It's the fact that this it's so hard to find work in this country, yeah. um, in this industry, and there is, it's such a competitive industry. You end up having to create these shows on your own. Um, the balance between the, the musical singing kind of yep. number and the comedy stand-up, the, the, the monologue stuff yeah, yeah. is much more in favour of the monologue. Um, and at first I thought, oh, what am I here to see? But then I, I, I came away from it afterwards going, I'm really glad that that's what it was because I'm, I think some, sometimes I'm a little bit, uh, I'm a little bit sceptical now about continually going to watch cabaret that's too formulaic and I think some of the cabaret festivals probably need to shake up that well I Um, I would love to get this show to to the Adelaide Cabaret Festival because I would like to see if this is cabaret you know what would a traditional cabaret audience think of it you know I'm not you know I have this horrible idea and I haven't seen enough cabaret obviously but I just have this horrible idea that I'd hate to stand up there and go you know I was in love once and then you hear the tinkling of the ivories and I do some you know sad old jazz standard the point is I'm doing stand up ranty angry and funny, hopefully, comedy. And then, you know, as an audience, I talk so fast and so intensely, it would exhaust them if I didn't break into song every now and then and just let them relax and hear something that will calm them down and get them ready and maybe take them somewhere else. And there's certainly, I like some of the juxtapositions of the songs that I do. I talk about Christian Youth Camp and then I'll sing Jesus Take the Wheel in sort of a very earnest country and Western way and then kind of tear it apart from the inside as well. So it does, it's a really weird hybrid sort of a show if you don't like just stand up it's not that if you don't like cabaret it's not that if you don't like actors and theatrics it's not just that it's sort of this mashup it's just an art that came very naturally to me something that i'd like to call queer it's very queer (laughs) it's a little Um, bit different now now speaking it's obviously slightly autobiographical yeah 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 yeah, yeah. uh, and you mentioned that your mum was in the audience last night. <laughs> yes. How does, did it change the show? Did you feel differently? Yes, I had it? to swear at her on stage yeah. to shut the F up because she wouldn't <laughs> shut up. And then her friends started heckling and they were already like, when I watched them take their seats at start, they're passing wine bottles to each other and laughing and they're sort of, you know, moving into a blue rinse sort of nice posh Brighton set. And I'm like, oh, I'm just going to be saying horrible swear words to them and freaking them out. But they were very nice. And, you know, when I did my curtain call, I gave my mum the finger and yeah. she gave it right back to me so it's good so it's a fairly obvious where uh, some of the talents come from yeah. <laughs> yes right. i think i've just been trying to do my mother for about my well, whole career i have often said you know if you draw the line i'll step across it and that, exactly. that was something that i i loved um about that aspect of last night's yes. show you know? uh, you're, you're more than happy to step across the line and yeah. I, I admire that i like that it's a conversation um, i think improv is something i can kind of do and I'm, i've always been sort of someone who valued a quick little jibe and a quick little back and forth so if the audience want to yell out something you know i'm happy to go with it you know and the only person you weren't happy with my mother mother. exactly she's calling me out but before we finish i just you know you were talking about and we've part of the conversation has been about the difficulty of getting work Mm. and part of the topic of negative energy inc um, yeah is about that very issue and you, you you're a jobbing actor yeah um what um what in, what's what's the inspiration there who uh, what i i remember there's been a lot i remember you know doing drama 
class and them saying, okay, now we're all going to be cats. And I just went, oh my God, this is like, I get it. This is what I'm meant to be a cat. But no, I'm meant to just be a, a liar, a professional pretender. And I have always been following this passion of mine. But as I've gotten older, I've realized that, you know, it's a bit more complicated than just pretending to be a cat. And you have to work really hard and develop an aesthetic and do your own writing and perform your own stuff and build a career and make connections and all of that stuff. But I remember being 16 in terms of a performer that really affected me. I saw Paul Capsis when I was like 16 uh-huh. in, the Irres- in the Irresistible Rise of Arturo Ui at the MTC. And I just went, shink. And I've been to like every show he's ever done. I've met him and I get really fangirly and weird when I meet him. And he's yeah. lovely. Well, oddly enough, um, in the time that we've got left, I probably don't have enough time to really elaborate on the story. But Paul Capsis and uh, Trevor Ashley mm. um, both went through a theatre company in Sydney in um, uh, in the suburbs of Sydney called Shopfront Youth Theatre, um, which uh, an ex-boyfriend of mine was also involved with. Um, uh-huh. um, it was a great training ground um, for those sorts of things. And um, the, it's a very similar kind They're both of fabulous. work mm. that, that, that they've started out of there. So I do think we're on, the, we're on the right track when we're talking about the next rising star. Here. And I do have quickly to say, I'd be remiss of me to say that there is a, a, a deal tonight for my show, which is on at 7pm at Theatreworks, that if you go on the Midsummer site or the Theatreworks site and type in the code SUMMERLOVING, which is, you know, as in the season and the... Uh, action of loving um, with the G included at the end of loving um, you can get a, a really cheap ticket so you know it's and a I recommend it's a fantastic me. show um, Ash thanks for coming in thanks for having me no one else will uh, anytime <laughs> <laughs> yes uh, Ed this has been the Midsummer Show uh, thank you Adam as well for uh, oh, it's always a pleasure and uh, and of course if you miss out on anything uh, that you uh, or you didn't quite catch any of the details uh, on any of the Midsummer Shows uh, through out this season uh, we are podcasting you can get links to the podcast at joy.org.au Ginny will be back next week hopefully hope so and uh, thanks Adam this has been the Midsummer thanks Show thanks filling in Chris no worries Shane's up next with uh, a joy full of music afternoon this is uh, Joy 94.9 The Midsummer Show live on Joy 94.9 and via podcast for summer 2011 slash 2012 see midsummer.org.au for more details Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.